And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Codex Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Sonny Kruger, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Jamie Wojcik. What's up, everybody? We're back. That's right, back for episode 56, and today we will be reviewing Batman Year One. On our pre-show today, we were talking about the Batgirl footage that we had seen online and that the Netflix show, that the show Grendel was canceled by Netflix, so it won't be a Netflix show. It's looking for a network to pick it up, but I think we should just get right into the comic book news, and that's the big news that everyone's been talking about since yesterday. Even people who aren't into comic books are talking about this and posting about this, and that is the Deadpool 3 news we got. Jamie, I told you I'd let you take this one, so I'll let you take it away. Thank Jesus on this one. So we had footage of Ryan Reynolds talking about you know, his soul searching abilities and what he was trying to do to figure out his role. And then out of nowhere, a little cameo. You Jackman walking up the stairs, asking if he wants to put on the clothes again. And he goes, sure, Ryan. And the news broke about Wolverine coming back in Deadpool three. So, Oh God, I, I gotta be honest with you guys. I'm usually a hundred percent about these things. This is a hype. This is all it is. I, I feel like this is a a troll beyond belief because they've been doing stuff like this for the last eight years. Like, so you don't think Wolverine will be in the movie? I think he he is a ploy to get people to come in and watch the movie as many people as possible. If he's in it, he's dying in like the first ten seconds. Oh, no, just oh, like Brad Pitt. <laughs> Do not do that. <laughs> it, it. I feel like he's gonna be in there for. A to- I feel like it's gonna open. If this is how, if he's in it, if he's in it, I don't think he's gonna be in it at all. I think it's just to get people in seats at this point because that's what they do. I mean, there was a video of him, like Hugh Jackman doing every like uh, playing around in his uh, dressing room, and then Deadpool Ryan Reynolds is laying in bed in Deadpool costume. If anyone remembers that. And he's I like, I gotta look that up. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, Hugh, how's it going?" And people thought then, "Oh, we're getting Wolverine and Deadpool too." That that didn't happen, you know. It to me, it's it's the biggest. It, it's gonna be the biggest troll you could possibly think of, and I think that's what's happening because they came out with if a second video be, today. It would be the biggest one. Okay. Did, did you see the second video for today? No. It was it okay. Was so they were talking about how. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine would fit in the timeline and they're just he's like this is how it's going to happen and then uh I think it's uh what is it uh Wham comes on and oh. the music's overdoing their voices and they're just like showing how they're like attacking each other and he's got the claws and he's like stabbing them in the head and stuff and it just ends now I'm I like, the video <laughs> yeah no it, it, it's literally just I feel like it's going to be the biggest troll in MCU history I, th- I think, I mean, it, it truly would be if, if it is, like, if what you're saying is true, if what you're saying is going to happen, happens, it would be the biggest troll in history. But I think there would be too much of it. Like, to have like, the logo and to have Wolverine's claws over it and to have all these people talking about it, if they did that and he wasn't, you know how much people would complain. And for Deadpool being already so popular and so loved, and the movies loved too, the rating for this movie would go way down if everyone was expecting Wolverine and he was barely in there. I think yeah. we're gonna get him. I, I think we're gonna get Wolverine. I think he's gonna be in the movie quite a bit. 
Uh, I'm hoping for it. I'm looking forward to it. And I think, uh, yes, I should make my prediction now because the movie, they did give the date is set to be September 6th. 2024 so we got a little less than two years to wait if there's if it's not delayed but i think the villain is going to be omega red and he's I a mean, big fan for wolverine too so i could see him as being the villain i could definitely see that my the the thing that's gonna the thing that's making me there's only one part of me and one reasoning that thinks that hugh jackman might be in it and that's because his one man broadway show finally shut down Oh, okay. So that might be his back in, but to have him come back after putting on the claws after Logan, I don't know. I just feel like, A, it'd be a disservice to the fans. I mean, be, but people would love to see it. Don't get me wrong. People are going to love to see it. But to me, it's a, it's a letdown to the fans because you just went on this whole tyrant about, I need to put the claws down. This part of me is over. I need to go venture out and do what I need to do. And become, you know, more than just this iconic character was. To come back and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put him on one more time for, you know, Deadpool 3. Now, yeah. Really? You're, you're going to play that card and just kind of put yourself back into this place that you said you didn't want to be a part of anymore? I think it's one of those characters. I don't know. Because I remember... After the movie Birdman, have you ever seen Birdman? Uh, the one with Michael Keaton? Yeah, where at the end he just jumps out the window. Yeah, spoiler warning. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so in Birdman, after that movie came out, Hugh Jackman was saying that that movie inspired him, that he never wants to give up being Wolverine. So yeah. I can see that he said that maybe there's times where he thinks I'm going to be done, but I can almost see him as always, he will always, I think, want to come back as Wolverine. I mean, he's played the character for over 20 years now. And I did hear some people saying, hey, is that a disservice, especially to the end of Logan? Like they felt that was a good ending to him. But spoiler warning for Logan, I'm, after I saw it, I did tell my Maria, I said, he's not dead. He's Wolverine. He looks dead, but he's just slowly healing. Yeah. You can't so, kill Wolverine. Yeah, forever. <laughs> so, he's always slowly healing. Yeah. Uh, so he it is, is really over 100 years old, the character, I believe. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. It. It, it irks me a little bit on the inside that this is how they went about it. Because he's, he, even in the thing, he's like, oh, we weren't at D23 this year. I'm sorry. And this is just a sporadic, like, hey, this is this is what we're doing. You know, and then you had this whole montage of him trying to find himself yeah. into, oh, by the way, who, you want to strap on the gloves? Yeah, sure, Ryan. And then he just walks away and everyone's like, yay, it's official. Like I said before, there's been videos of something like this previously and it has not panned out. So I'm not holding it to the highest regard. I'm I would laugh so hard is if he does and Sal brought this up earlier, I'll put that on the screen. Is he's in it but not as Wolverine. I would die oh, yeah. laughing if at the beginning he's like some barista or he's like in the middle of a play and Deadpool just blows up the play. And he's seeing that one man, Hugh Jackman. Probably. Yeah, that is a good point because he says, Hugh, you want to be in it. He technically doesn't say, Do you want to be in it as Wolverine? Yes. So I feel like he'll be in it. It's just not in the way that you would think. Like I said, almost like with the, what was it the Vanisher with oh, yeah. Brad Pitt? He'll be in it for 10 seconds, die, and then the movie's going to kick off. And then everyone's either going to be like, That was the most awesome 10 seconds <laughs> of film, or they're going to be like, I want my money back. 
I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, I do love the Deadpool movies, but I I don't want to see anything like that happen to Wolverine, as you can see right there. I'm a big Wolverine fan. So I want to see Wolverine and Deadpool together. I want to see Omega Red as the villain. I'm not saying if it doesn't have Omega Red, it can't be a good movie, but you know, right. it's gotta be Gideon. I'm hoping. I'm it's got to be Gideon or nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Gideon or nothing, yeah. But He's speaking not made of. His yet. I was going to say, but speaking of trolls, we did have a comic book cover oh, man. that we that need to cover. talk about. Yes. And this is from Rob Liefeld. It's for a Spider-Man cover uh, coming out, I think, I believe it's October 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just pull. Set? Let me. Oh, man. Well, it's. It... Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just. October pull this 5th. Up real... October 5th. Yes. Yes. He October said October 5th. My Spider-Man cover that I was asked to do homaging myself available October fifth. Yeah, give me a second here. I'll pull that up. Hopefully, throw it on the screen for everyone to see. But it, like, this is my favorite part about this whole thing is we posted this in the chat, and Sonny goes, "Oh, that looks cool." And in my mind, I'm like, Sonny did not look at this at all. <laughs> and he goes, "It." Two seconds later, Sonny's like, "Never mind." I retract that statement. Nah, disregard what I said. <laughs> Give me one second here. There this it is. is. Look at its infinite glory of this atrocious thing right here in the middle of the screen. Look at that venom. Like, why does why does venom have a beer belly? Is my question. Yeah, I feel ven- like venom is the worst part of it. Yeah, it. it I don't even think venom's the worst part of it. Like, I think with this image alone, Liefeld got the, well, I'm not doing Captain America chest anymore, and made everyone's chest in and stomachs out. Yeah, completely the opposite, yeah. Yeah, so it's now like everyone's been on a drinking binge for the last four years. Like, this is what we're doing. It, Like, Liefeld, I, okay, I'm going to be 100% honest about Liefeld. When it comes to storytelling, or at least the layout of a story, he does good work. When it comes to drawing certain characters, by far one of the best. But when it comes to characters that he didn't create as on his own, stop touching them. Yeah, don't don't. Please, just Liefeld, if you're ever watching this, stop drawing characters you didn't create. It doesn't work for you. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it does to look at that, especially to how I said, oh, it's awesome. I was literally more like this. I was like, you know, I'm trying to pull out your phone to see quickly what you guys sent. And I just see quickly Spider-Man. I see Green Goblin's face. And then I take a second look at it. And I really, it was like it got worse the longer I looked at it. Because <laughs> I saw Venom. You see certain like, things in it and you're just like, I'm putting it back up because now we, we're, we're just going to tear this thing apart right now yes live so first off my pro the first problem i have is you look at green goblin the circle head why why is he shaped like a pumpkin and why does he have 75 teeth in his mouth oh yeah that's a lot of teeth even you know doc ock you see is partially covered but he looks like he has a lot of teeth in there too yeah um second off you have scream bottom right hand corner and like why why are her arms longer than her legs 
Yeah, she's the one character I, I don't think looks too bad. No, it's not that but... bad. Then, then you have uh, Vulture in the background looking like he just cried for seven days. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, even though he's like, I think he had mascara on too, and it's yeah, kind of like, down. like he just got in a bad, like he was in a toxic relationship and then started crying after the fact. Yeah, then you have the perfect way to put it, man. Then you have Doc Ock staring at Peter's butt. <laughs> Half of his face is not in in frame at all. And he looks like he's just taking a chomp out of Spider-Man's thigh. He's he's ready for it. He's ready. He's got the teeth. Now you got Venom. Okay, tongue's cool. With his double chin. His chin's like attached to his... Like his not chest. And then his stomach sticks out more than anything. I'm sorry, we're going on a tangent. I don't care. But and then you have Spider-Man in the middle with like a cod piece in his pants. And like the he's so disproportional, it makes my head hurt. Yeah, yeah. For for me, it's Venom that's the worst. He just looks like not too even muscular, just like big and just so <laughs> thick but without muscle, even. I get that, but do me a favor. And I want you to really look at this right here, Sonny. Look at Spider-Man's head. Oh yes, small. It's like Some... as it goes down, everything gets bigger. It's like yeah, the head, the body, the legs. Yeah, it. it... I'm done. Okay. Um... <laughs> and many <laughs> other comic artists were critiquing were down about. Yeah, they were critiquing. They did not have many nice things to say about that. Yeah, it it, it hurt me to look at this cover more and more. I I need we need to dissect it. Yeah, I'm glad you put that up there. Yeah, everybody needs to take a look at this. It's like like a train wreck. It, yeah. You have to look, even though it's not a nice thing to see. No, it, it just. Oh. But you know what? Let's get off this uh, hate train for a second. Talk about another Spider-Man, Sonny. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so we will get away from from that bad. <laughs> horrible cover that Rob Liefeld did take off of his Twitter. This one, if anyone wants to know. There you go. There it is again. It just keeps popping up. He's going to randomly show up and drop the show. Like like Big Butts. (laughs) They just randomly show up. I told you we had to throw Big Butts in the show. Yes. Randomly. But now, like I said, we move on to a gay Spider-Man, and this is the origin has been talked about this Spider-Man who is called the Web Weaver. And this is from the Edge of Spider-Verse number five. And yes, this is, they were talking about the whole article about this gay Spider-Man named Web Weaver created by Dan Slott. And, you know, this shows some things about the character. I think it's pretty interesting. He He's a fashion designer, right? Kind of typical that they make him a fashion designer. But one thing I do want to say about the character is that it's pretty interesting, right? You get different characters. Obviously, if it's Spider-Verse, you have multiple versions of Spider-Man. So I don't mind that there's a gay version of Spider-Man. Maybe people want to see that, right? It's yeah. Spider-Verse, so there's many versions. But one day, it would be nice if every time there's a, a gay character or a character of color, that there doesn't have to be a whole articles and controversy. That sometimes it'd be nice if they can just... There's a character... Hey, they happen to be gay. Not always a huge thing of, oh my gosh. Out of the 50 million Spider-Mans, one of them is gay. I feel like every time, like for some reason, it seems like every third episode, there's another big article about a gay character or characters or sexual orientation change. 
And I'm always going to say the same thing. As long as it's written well, I don't care. But, yep. you know, give the character justice. The problem is, is that people want to, I don't know how to, I'm trying glorify, not glorify it. That's the wrong word I'm looking for. People want to posterize it in such a way that every time something like this happens, that we need to tell everybody. It, no, it could just be a character. Like, it's a person. Okay. You know, it's part of a storyline. That's what it is. You know, have people find it for themselves. That's the one thing that I used to love about comics is you used to find it for yourself. It wasn't, hey, here's clickbait, so-and-so's gay now, blah, 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 or new gay character or new uh, costume change or new abilities or all this other stuff. You had to read in order to find out. You know, and then now it, we're in today's age, which we do the same thing. We'll, we'll talk about these things all day, but we give it a little bit of time to kind of manifest itself into what it could be. Instead of going, I just found out about this. We're talking about it right this second. You know, we could have, I could have went on yesterday and talked about the whole Ryan Reynolds, you know, Wolverine thing, but I wanted to actually let it sit and marinate for a minute and really think about what could possibly happen for it. Because you don't know. Honestly, you don't. And with these characters, like, them portraying, it's like, I don't need a eight-paragraph article to explain to me why I should care about this character. Let me read the character and let me figure it out for myself. Yeah. Yeah, there's the thing, too. And then sometimes when they do that, like, I know, do you want to sell? So, I mean, that, uh, that is a point in the comic, actually. The Edge of Spider-Verse number five does come out October 5th. Same time as that you can get that Wonderful. and you can get that horrible cover <laughs> right there both october 5th so that's a big day october 5th but i want to get yeah. the variant of that one not <laughs> yeah, the variant get it signed yeah right we'll probably want to charge you ten thousand dollars for a signature oh god don't you, don't you love how i just made this character don't even get me myself. started that part <laughs> but yeah when it comes to web weaver yeah web weaver will also be dealing with the hunter spider which is this uh dimensions version of like craven the hunter but mm -hmm. he's a, he's actually good and yeah when when they talk so much and you see all these articles well this is a gay character or a bisexual character it's almost like they put so much uh hype around them that once you see them it doesn't give them much chance to grow like you're automatically saying okay is this character worth the hype when as soon as they're coming in the story like you were saying maybe just let the character be maybe maybe they do have a big part of their first issue but maybe mm -hmm. they don't need to be the focus or maybe they appear a little bit and then eventually their character grows and gets a bigger part but i feel when they keep pushing it this is the gay character this is the bisexual character it's almost like off of one issue people are judging and saying this character's you know either all this or all this character stinks they shouldn't have made them at all like i said it would be nicer if they can just let characters be yeah, and, and I think that's the biggest aspect that you can take out of this is just let these comics be the media that they are. You want yeah. you you want to talk about it, give it at least a week or two before you start throwing 87 articles at me about the same issue. You know, I mean, it's a lot to ask for, obviously, but it's like it, they're trying to keep up so hard with these characters and no one cares at the end of the day then anymore, I feel. You know, and that's how, like, at this point, it's like, so, okay, next article, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you said, I'm more about is the story good? You know, whether they're gay, straight, if they have no sexuality at all, is, is it a good story? Is it written well? And obviously, you, you like good artwork too. Unlike some uh, covers, I, <laughs> you know, we like some good artwork. But yeah, so that that is the conversation we'll have about the fabulous Web Weaver. And now I think it's a good time to move on to robots. Yes, obviously yes. this is a perfect time for robots. So tell yes. us about robots, Sonny. Yes, so robots are taking over. Is it well, a giant freaking robot, though? Or is it just <laughs> it a... Is, it is not a giant freaking robot, but it could have a giant freaking impact on comic books in the future. And that is that there is the world's first AI-generated graphic novel. It is by Kevin Hess. Who wrote it and everything, but it is he made it and it is completely computer generated that made all the artwork for it. You know, basically, yeah, the computer made this story and it is Star Maker. And the computer only took 100 hours to make. And obviously, you know, you've seen the article, so the pictures mm -hmm. I think looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's something to think that it only took 100 hours for this, you know, AI generated graphic novel to be made. And for right now, it's cool that we all check it out. But I, th I wonder how this is more something that I like to talk about because it makes you wonder how will things be in the in the future, 10, 20 years from now? Will will this start to pick people out of jobs, you know, when it comes to writing and, and making comic books? Or is it something that will just kind of always be fun? Like, oh, hey, let's just make a computer generated one just to do it. Yeah, it to me, there's two things for this. A. It's giving people a chance that don't have that ability to craft their own world an opportunity to craft it. You get what I'm saying? Like, there's certain yeah. people that have an idea, but they can't put it on paper. You know? Yeah, I do get what you mean. That's this, 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 this could be their route into that. Now, flip side of that is now you're not just taking away from artists, colorists, anchors, and such. It's a one man thing and one AI thing. And now you can just be like, because once I saw the, the article, I downloaded this app. I'm gonna see, let me see what it is. I forgot what it was called. I think it was Wonder, if I'm not mistaken. But it's an AI generated. Uh, yeah, Wonder. It's an AI generated. Uh, like almost like a like a picture uh app where you can put in a sentence or just a, a phrase or even like a one word thing and you can choose the art style you want and it generates what you're saying into wow, photo form yeah it'll draw you a picture and you can do it in seven up to, i think it was 120 different visual ways to do it oh i gotta I, check I, that out cool. i got i got like the the free thing so it was like seven ways and you gotta watch an ad in between but yeah. You, you could choose from it. And I was putting random stuff in there just to see what it would be. Like I was putting random phrases. Like I think I put the one, the devil, you know, and some of the pictures were actually like, Oh God, I, I wouldn't think that I'm like, that fits perfect. Like with what I was thinking in my head, I don't know how, but, and that's a shot to MGF for anyone that watches AEW. Um, it, it's like I said, it, it, it's cool to think to give people a chance to, 
portray what they're seeing in their mind, but can't add into their own realm and write down. But as far as like a whole AI thing, I think it's going to take away from a lot of people and a lot of hard workers. Yeah. In the end. I do like, yeah, you made a really good point, especially when you said it's good for people on their own who don't have a team. That actually is a really good point. Yeah. I could say somebody who's like, Hey, I have a story, but I don't have a team. Because it takes a lot or to you make eat, a or even yeah. you have a concept. A, yeah, concept, that's a good point. So, like I said, that'd be a good point for it to help out people like that who are more on their own, don't have a team. But then, like I said, I do believe in the future it will eventually start to pit people out of jobs. Where sometimes people may say, "Hey, why are we going to pay this person and deal with them?" And you know, let's say if they don't have things on time or they're getting in a bit of trouble on social media or something like that. Well, we can just have a robot do it who does not have any controversy around them and they don't cause any problems. So it's like you said, double-edged sword. It has its good points and its bad points. Yeah. yeah but speaking see. of good and bad points, we did get some other news, which I think was like the top of the news for me was that we are getting Constantine too. And the reason I say that is because Constantine two should have been made years ago, but I'm happy it's happening now. If anyone hasn't seen the interview yet, it was between Keanu Reeves and Stephen Colbert. And Stephen Colbert asked him in the interview, what is something that Keanu Reeves has ever wanted to, you know, do? Is there a film you were you, like you did you haven't gotten yet that you wanted? And he literally said in there, he goes, I would love to be Constantine again. He goes, I pitched it to the uh, at least like seven or eight times. Nothing came from it. He goes, we were in the works one time to get it started, and it didn't pan out. But he goes, I would love to play Constantine again. And right after that, there's this uproar of Constantine 2, you know, Keanu Reeves wants to do it, blah, blah, blah. And now we're finally getting it. And I could not be happier because I feel like Constantine is that one character that the, they've haven't gotten to the point right. I feel like they did with, I believe his name is Matt matt ryan or something like that or ryan something but he was the cw verse uh constantine and but to me keanu reeves always played the best one and i needed that second one don't put shia labeouf in it but at least have you know somebody him portrays the and somehow, yeah, the first one was from 2005 to think all these years later. And hey, Keanu Reeves, he's still doing good. He, the man doesn't really age. And he, he is a vampire. Characters, yeah. He, hey, he might have been a great Morbius. I, yeah, I think. <laughs> Probably I would have. But hey, would, you know, so at least now, hopefully, the ball is rolling on Constantine 2. So that will be out, and you won't have to wait and say, hey, it was 20 years ago, and we still don't have a Constantine 2. We'll I mean, he did the happens. same thing with the, the last Matrix movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it works out for itself. Yeah, and I am correct. It was Matt Ryan. Thank you, Kevin. But, yeah, I mean, I, I want this to happen so bad just to see how it fits. If they're going to try to fit into DCEU as of now. And maybe that might be a way to redo that re-soft reboot. Yeah. Almost like a multiverse of madness, but DC side. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. So, but we do have some unsettling news, and I will let you take this one. Yes. Unfor- 
unfortunately, superstar comic book artist Carlos Pacheco has revealed that he has ALS. For those of you who don't know what it is, it is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And he, for those of you who do not know Carlos, he has he's most known for working on doing the art for Avengers Forever, the graphic novel JLA, JLA JSA, Virtue and Vice, and his runs on Green Lantern, Fantastic Four, Captain America, and X-Men. For X-Men, the one I know him is doing was, he was the artist when they had the Zero Tolerance storyline going on. And yes, ALS, for those of you who don't know, it is horrible, and it is a disease that solely breaks down your body he said before that it was his right leg that started to go on him so he was going to operations seeing doctors and it put him out that's what actually stopped his run he was working on fantastic four that's actually what stopped him from doing it was was all of his medical issues and now he did get the diagnosis of als and he put a he put a tweet out but he's his spanish he, he put it in spanish but it was translated it was translated by diane darcy and the tweet read, well, it cannot be. The final diagno- The final diagnostic has made it clear. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, a.k.a. ALS, it is what it is, and it is what needs to be dealt with. It's true that this is an unexpected turn of events in my life, but this doesn't make me feel less fortunate to have lived the life I have lived for the experiences I've had the achievements I've made, and the people I've been fortunate to cross paths with. In truth, it's been a life that's gone beyond my wildest childhood dreams. Thank you to everyone who has been here. Let's keep going. And all, let's keep going as always. And it's you know devastating news for for anybody to get, especially you know him and his family and friends. We we hope that in the future, somewhere along the lines, that hopefully in the not so distant future, that there are cures found and there are medicines out there and available for people to to get so that they can help them deal with ALS because it's like I said, a horrific disease for anybody to have. And you know, true hearts go out to, you know, Carlos Pacheco and, you know, wish him yeah. uh, you know, well, you know, because it's right now there is no recovering from it. We just hope that eventually, like I said, there's medica- medicines out there to eventually help people and that they're available to people. It's not like, Oh, Hey, you can get this, but you got to pay, you know, ten thousand dollars a month, and it's available three years from now. Hopefully, something is something can come out there soon. Right? No, I just I in the year that we've had of losing comic book greats and having major announcements like this, it, it's disheartening. Um, hope the best for him and his family. Uh, great work for yeah. everything he's done. Like, I there's not much more I can say other than the fact that. Uh, I hope that everything goes according to plan form. Yeah. Yeah. I hope yeah, everything does get better. It'd be nice to hear. We'll keep everybody updated if there are any, are any major updates on Carlos. I know right now he pretty much is, you know, fantastic for he's is left behind at least for now. And, you know, he sure wants to be with his, his family. So wish them the best and, We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, we hate to talk about sad news, and we'd like to be yeah. have a good time, but we feel that it is important to also mention the the goods and the bad sides of things. You know, and Carlos definitely was somebody who you know was a comic book artist, and like I said, we were just talking about working on many 
great huge characters and, and did them did them justice. So it is a very sad loss for the comic book community. Yes, and a hard to go out to all of them. So this past year, it's going to be a hard uh, Codex Awards this year. <laughs> yes, oh man. But, yeah. but with that, we wrap up our comic book news. We we had quite a bit this week. Sure, we'll have more next week. But now, since today we will be going over Batman Year One, that was a good idea for the topic of the week. Our topic of the week is whose origin story is your favorite and why. And as usual, Jamie has the top three comments of the week. All right. And guys, remember, this comes out of Comic Character of the Day. Great group, great community. Guys, go check them out. If you haven't gotten a chance yet, go get in that page. We are all in there if you guys want to chat with us. I'm an expert for some reason. We talked about this on Comic Character of the Week. Uh, don't still understand why. But first one, we have Lance Reader saying it actually think some of the best origin stories belong to villains. My favorite is Rajel Ghoul because it is tied into one of my favorite all-time storylines in general. Next up, we got Christopher Rexico. Uh, Perez's revision or revision of Wonder Woman. It, it clarified Greek pantheon and history of the Amazons and Greek mythology. At the time, it was the best book in the world. And then we had Koshan Jenkins say Bishop and Nightcrawler. Cool, cool. Well, there are our top three comments, except from comic characters of the day. We'll have another topic of the week up there soon. Everybody, thank you for commenting, getting involved. And now, uh, Jamie, do you want to do your? I know there's a little change to you. Yeah, to my, my, we, okay. I can go. And mine's going to be simple. It, it's always going to be this. And I don't know why And I say it all the time, but it's going to be Kyle Rainer's Green Lantern. You, you're, in a, you're in a club. And a little blue dude comes out and you're in a nine inch nails t-shirt and he just hands you a ring and goes, you'll do and leaves. No instruction manual on how to use it. No anything. Take this. You should know what to do. Uh, uh, oh, okay. And then later on, your girlfriend's in a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah quite, quite a devastating ending, but yeah, it, it definitely is a huge part of, of the story. And just in comics in general, there's a huge moment. Yeah, and if there does go with Kyle Rayner's origin story, he he kind of unfortunately he needs that moment to, to push him forward. So yes. if and there's if a movie, was... if there's a movie on him, you, you gotta have it. As devastating as the scene will be, you gotta have the fridge right there. And if anyone wants to hear more about it, we did have Daryl Banks on. Go listen to the interview. He gets more in depth in it. Yeah. Yeah, you had one shot with Dura Banks. We had our, our full chat with Dura Banks. So always glad, always a pleasure talking with Daryl. But now we get into me. I would like to say I did like the comment about Bishop and Nightcrawler. I do especially like Bishop's uh, background a lot. I do like Mr. Sinister's cables. But my favorite of all time when it comes to origin stories is the Man of Steel, Superman. I think Superman's is, is the classic tale, you know, when he... You know, I mean, pretty much most people know the origin of Superman. It's one of the most known and beloved origin stories. Yeah, bit by a radioactive superhero. <laughs> <laughs> we know that with this planet. We know we know the story, right? And crashing to Earth, being raised by Jonathan and Martha Kent. You know, we know the story of Superman. It is still my favorite origin story. If I have to pick one, I go with Superman. You're saying that because you just like Smallville. <laughs> but Smallville, look at that. Even when it does come to the origin stories, look at that. It was his origin story. Basically, had a whole series on it, you know. And yes, I did love Smallville. 
Yes, I think everyone did at one point. I still um, do. But it's yeah, still so real to me. <laughs> still real to me. I'm still rooting for Klana. Yeah, dude, I was waiting for that <laughs> statement out of your mouth this entire time. <laughs> you knew once I said Superman, you yes. knew where I was going. My, my brain went right to Klana. <laughs> but yeah, but that is our topic of the week. Yeah, whose origin story is your favorite and why? And anybody even watching this later on, feel free to even comment and put, you know, what was your favorite origin story and why? Yeah, please drop it in the comments down below and even in comic character today so we can have a little bit of conversation, see what's going on, see what you guys think. Yeah, like I said, we both are members of it. We do both chat with people. Yes, even I do get on it and chat and like comments. Surprisingly. And, then, and every now and then I do get on there, yeah. So everybody, make sure to check out Comic Character of the Day. And now, do you know what time it is, Jamie? It is time to do the show. Oh, fisticuffs in the form of asking questions. Well, I said duel. I was meaning cards. Oh, okay, Yu-Gi-Oh. Calm down. But yeah, do you want to start it off this week? Okay, the top of... Yeah, like I said, Tim... We're missing you, buddy. The schedule was a little changed. Tim was going to be first, but he's not here today. So I will end up going first. Okay. Okay. So we will be reviewing Batman Year One. And obviously, we know it takes place over a year. Do you know what, what day the comic starts on? What day? This, do you know what day? January 3rd. You were wrong by one day, my friend. January 4th is the day. Oh, my God. Why did I think it was the third? I was close, though. You were close off by a day. Ah, God. I get a day point for that. I get a point tomorrow. Um, All right. So my question for you, Sonny, is do you know what is the real name of Blue Devil? Ooh, not too long ago you were talking about Blue Devil. You're saying he's a very underrated yes. character, and I do like the character. Blue Devil. Um, oh, obviously, Gary Moore. Not, 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 even, not, 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 not even close. I, I had I, to sound I, confident. Yeah, no, Daniel Cassidy. But Daniel nice Cassidy. Try. There were, well, I used a, you know, an American name. Daniel <laughs> Cassidy. Daniel Cassidy is the Blue Devil. And trust me, I won't forget it now. But yes, I do agree with you. He's a great character that he needs more more hype so that more people know his actual name is Daniel Cassidy and not Gary Moore. <laughs> not Gary Moore. Because it's an American name. I had to come with something. Oh. But speaking of names, we've been talking about Deadpool. Oh, God. We've been talking about Deadpool. And a while ago, we went over Deadpool the Circle Chase. Mm -hmm. So... Many of those who know Deadpool also know the character of Vanessa. Do you know Vanessa's last name? I thought you asked what her superhero name was. I already had that. Uh, Vanessa. Oh my God. I'll give you a hint. It's not Gary Moore. I don't know why like Hutchins just got in my head. Um, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> Uh, Smith, because I'm gonna go American on this. <laughs> well, he's American, I believe. Vanessa Carlisle. Carlisle. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Well, Sonny, we're going to take a little bit of a turn here. So we all know I do like Donny Cates as a writer. But Sonny, do you know what was Donny Cates' first actual comic published work? You can give me the title. I don't need the specific issue. Green Lantern. Guy has never worked for DC. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is actually Dark Horse Presents. He had a small story in there. Uh, it was issue number 24. Well, now I know Dark Horse number 24. Now I know he, so he hasn't ever worked for DC. No, he, he went from independent. So he was at Dark Horse. Uh, he did, I believe... Um, I know he was in it. He did image and then there's one more, but then he went straight to Marvel and intern there. And I believe his first work on Marvel was in Dr. Strange. And then he is exclusively contracted with Marvel. So he can't go to DC. He can still do independent work, which he is doing. Um, but he can't go, he can't jump ship. Well, there we go. All right, Jamie. This is not going well, well for either. Not going well, but we, we <laughs> can technically say, "Ooh, we got a tie going on." Okay, Jamie. The third last question is probably the toughest question. I think all of them have been so far. <laughs> okay. What is the first comic to use a computer for all of its art? Uh, Batman. I forgot what it's called. Batman Digital World or something like that. Batman Digital World sounds pretty cool. But the first actual comic, or at least commercially published, was by First Comics, and it is called Shatter. Oh. It was from 1985 by Mike Science. So Shatter. I thought since we were talking about AI and creating comics, and now went to the first comic that was created, using a, a computer and it was shatter okay well last one sunny do you know since we're talking about batman what is john paul valley's Azrael's first appearance um so are you looking for like story arc number wise it could be you i don't need a number it could be just, or you can give me a number. It's up to you if you feel more confident that way. I would say Detective Comics. You would be wrong. It is Batman, sort of a sort of Azrael is a four issue miniseries, and that was his first oh, okay. appearance in there. Okay, because I was thinking he went somewhere with the Nightfall, but then then that kind of lead into him. It, it's it went from that to Nightfall. Okay, from that to Nightfall. Okay. So big zeros across the board. Yes, we, draw. we had a draw, man. We, oh we won't tell God. anybody we score, but we'll just say we draw. I'm still upset. I would have had that one point if I was one more day. One day. I feel like Spider-Man just one all, more day. All for a day. Yeah. But that is, See, that's do the you know? Story I have all for a day. <laughs> yeah. And I will be posting our questions, actually snipping them and putting them on our TikTok page. So guys, go check that out. If you guys want to learn a little bit more <laughs> and see us fail yeah. completely. Yeah. Hey, next week we'll we'll do better. All right. You have high hopes. <laughs> yes. I hope and so. I'm an expert. You're an expert. A PDF trophy is better than that. Oh my god. 
That was computer generated too. Um, hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like I said robots taking over. But when you see that cover, that Rob Liefeld cover, can you really blame people for wanting to go with computer generated covers and artwork? No, I, I really can't. Everything and anything is still better than this. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're making, that's why they're getting all the computers to come in there. Yeah, take over. doing real work. Okay. But moving on, we are going to be talking about Batman year one so sonny kick it off for us I, bud i will take it away batman year one by frank miller and david mazicelli with richmond lewis here is the story itself batman year one now what is we know from do you know it starts on january 4th not third not the third but yes this is the story of batman's first year being batman so we this story really focuses a lot on Obviously, Batman, Bruce Wayne, but also Jim Gordon. Really, mm -hmm. if anything, I might even say it's either him and Batman, or maybe even a little more. Jim Gordon is the main character, right? Well, obviously, we start off in Gotham, and Jim Gordon meets his partner, Detective Flash, and Flash is, I'll just say, a dirty cop, right? And then he eventually has Jim Gordon jumped. You know, Jim Gordon, he's a straight edge cop. He's a good guy, and so he's jumped. So Flash kind of lets him know. Just kind of a way so that he knows, hey, I'm the one in charge. And eventually we see Batman, well, Bruce Wayne, who isn't even Batman yet. And he goes down. I really love the artwork of the part where he's going down this, I'll just say, like, dark. It's lit up, but it's a very dark place to be in. There we yes. go. We see a lot um, of the topless. Yeah, the topless places. Bars and yes, there signs. Are xxx movies playing things like that and he finds uh, a young girl and he she's like, oh i'll be as, as old as you want me to be and bruce Wayne eventually fights her pimp beats him up and the girl ends up stabbing him and we see somebody watching happens to be selena kyle and i like how you hear that she like has somebody tied up mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna get tied to a bed <laughs> say it again <laughs> yeah and she jumps in the fight. Bruce Wayne gets away. You know, obviously he's he's been stabbed a bit. Then, yeah, yeah, he's stabbed in his leg. He's pretty roughed up. Well, Jim Gordon eventually heals. He know we go to Jim. He realizes that it was Detective Flash. So he goes and he gets Flash, and he has a good fight with Flash. Beats him up, and I love how he leaves him naked. Yes, in the woods, he makes he truly makes a statement of, you know, he's not to be messed. With. He's a good guy, but not to be messed with. And Bruce Wayne, yeah, like you were saying, he's very messed up, and he's laying there, and he's thinking back. This is when we see the story of, you know, his parents. Obviously, they were watching mm -hmm. Zorro. They leave in crime, you know, in crime alley. His parents get killed, and then he's looking for a sign. He's almost thinking he's going to die. Right, he's in his mansion bleeding, and then a bat comes through, and that is his sign. You know, so we go on to the next issue, and this is when Batman he makes his outfit. He is Batman, and he fights a couple, you know, low-level thugs. And fight does not go his way. Somebody falls, but Batman he's not trying to kill them, so he's trying to save them but beat them up at the same time. I thought it went actually for a comic pretty realistically how it went. You know, a fight isn't perfectly choreographed, but he, you know, he does beat them. He doesn't end up killing them, and to we meet other characters. There is Commissioner uh, Gill, well, Gillian, who's in charge. And we see he's, again, dirty. And Jim Gordon seems to be the only one who is 
pretty much a good detective, but there's also his partner, Detective Essen. Mm-hmm. Later on the two, they get very close. But that's a little bit further in the story. We see what's a Batman is also taking on. He's starting to become Batman. He takes on the Roman. He, we see the Roman get tied up and very embarrassed. And we do see that at one point, uh, Jim Gordon and Detective S, and they're, they're driving. And then suddenly they see a truck out of control. They see an older woman's about to get hit. And Batman actually jumps in. And he saves the woman. But then Jim Gordon's out of it. And Detective S, and she pulls the gun on Batman. And he doesn't want to be arrested. So gives her a little head. But then Jim Gordon sees that. So then the police and SWAT, they all go after Batman. And this is when we get to issue three and there's a big shootout. They're chasing Batman and there's this cat in the way. And even Batman says, it's really getting, this cat's really getting on the nerves, but it's a big shootout. It's a great one. It's interesting. I don't want to give the whole story away, but the issues get better and the action picks up as it goes on. And even to issue four, you know, later in issue three and issue four, we do see Selena Kyle become Catwoman. We see a lot go on. For me, this is a, a great origin story. This Batman Year One obviously is the first year of Bruce Wayne being Batman, and it is it is more of a darker story. It is more of a street level story. So, right, if you like, like I said, talk about Daredevil, Born Again, stories like that, this is one of those more street level stories. Not so much big superheroes and big super villains with all these powers, you know. And two, when it came to like the street level. It's more a little bit on the realistic side of things, obviously with some more action. But hey, it's comics. We want that. We want some action. It, it does let you, you know, know more about the character of Batman, and definitely a lot more about Jim Gordon. If you're a Jim Gordon fan, this is a must read. If you're a Batman fan, yes. I definitely recommend it. For me, I think it's a great story. There's so many great Batman stories out there to compare it to. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Batman story, but I'd say it's a great one. I definitely recommend it. And in the end, I give Batman Year One an eight point nine out of ten. Okay, good call. And yeah, you you touched on a lot of the main focal points of this. One thing that I did want to touch on, since you kind of left issue four out, is that ending where it's not giving too much away, but Gordon does have the calling card for the Joker, and yes. that has been one of the more prominent things if you look back at batman begins the movie that was one of it's, the as soon as I you know it, yeah. scenes that actually happens um like you said this is more of a darker realm i don't feel that it is a mature aspect there are parts of it that seem feel mature but it's more gravitated lower to me so it isn't like it isn't too harsh is what i want to say there's there's a lot of things that happen in year one that still hold to today and kind of gave us this new refresh telling of Batman throughout leading into nightfall, leading into so many iconic stories. Um, I did. I do got to talk about that art though, because of the fact that even his suit looked like it was just cloth at times. Like it didn't look like an actual, the Batman suit we know. Um, especially, that uh illustration of seeing that origin again of where he's laying there sta- like he's he's stabbed and he's just envisioning his family and then the bat crashes through the window 
yeah, you know, th- that visual. And he's like, all right, it's a bat. Like, I'm a bat. I get it now. You know, and then moving on from there, seeing Selena Kyle <laughs> before the stabbing, that was great. Seeing her transition over time. I thought that was a good aspect of it. But I, I really like the relationship of it's a Batman story with a Jim Gordon story attached to it. You know, yeah. we got to see we, we, we've already established who Batman was. Now we're establishing more of the Jim Gordon story. And I feel like they do that a lot, especially off track a little bit. But the new uh, the Joker storyline, it should have been called Jim Gordon, like 100 percent, because that's what the story was about. You've seen the Joker probably at the end of every issue, but never throughout. You might have heard about him and talked about him, but you never seen him. Um, and that's how I felt here is that the spotlight was given to Gordon more than it was Batman. Batman was predominant at the beginning when he was coming back and still kind of learning his ways. And I, I, I Sonny, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I thought of uh, the Shang-Chi issue or remember the karate chop oh, yeah. um, when he was fighting it, he karate chopped the bricks <laughs> and then yeah. he's like kicking the tree. I'm like, Oh God, Sonny, that we, that, that just came right yeah. in my head. I don't know why it was just like, Tah. <laughs> yeah i don't know if anybody could beat that chop <laughs> yeah no nobody can um but yeah to me you know frank miller really hit home on this you you brought up a good point where it's a street level story it's more of a it, it it's a story that you can reread over and over again and not get tired of because nothing really pushes the boundaries too far in this um, there are, like you said, a couple instances where it's like, oh, you left them naked and blah, blah, blah. But you you get why you see why, you know, you understand the story and how it's developing over time. So with that, we're kind of close on this one. Actually, you gave it an 8.9, right? I give it 8.2 on overall. I think I think the story still holds throughout the test of time. Um, obviously, we're not getting those stories from Frank Miller anymore, but. For what it was, if you look at Born Again and this side by side, you could see what that realm of storytelling was at that time. And I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So Batman Year One, yeah. Like I said, there were mature things, but yeah, I do want to say that it wasn't like I said, once the character was naked or something, it wasn't like they showed anything graphic. It was you can kind of see maybe from from the top of them, you could tell, okay, they're naked. But yeah. said nothing over the top, you know. Yeah, there there, there wasn't anything sure. seeing. Yeah, it, it was it was just enough to get by. Yeah, at that so rate, there we go. Batman Year One, I give it an eight point nine. Jamie gives it an eight point two. So we definitely recommend it. A great story, and like I said, Jamie, I believe stands the test of time, and I believe will still stand the test of time. And the years I feel to like come. this is going to be one of those uh, arcs that. Even 15 years from now, people will come back to, you know, it's going to be that predominant story where, yes, this is the, to me, this is the true origin. Like, this is how I saw it. Yeah, I agree. And now, my friend, we move on from Batman year one and we get on to your next pick. Yes. So next week, we're going to be covering a single issue. It's going to be Web of Venom, Venom where it takes place in Vietnam era. And then the following week, we are going to be covering Titan Hunt. So it's a Titan's book. 
eight issues. It's great. It's right before the launch of the Rebirth storyline. So it's a, it, trust me, Sonny, you're going to love it. And if you don't, don't show up. <laughs> um, you know me, I will be here, whether I love it or I not. Know. But you, you've had good picks as much as me, Joe the Killer. You've had you picked out some great, great comics. So I look forward to it. I look forward to reviewing both of them. Uh, what was it, Viet or Venom? Oh, Venom. Venom next week, and then Titan or Team. What? Oh, it's Titan Hunt. Titan Hunt. Venom, and then Titan Hunt. Give you a little bit of Marvel, and then hit you with the DC. Well, sounds good to me. And, and with that, if there's anything else, then we can start wrapping this show up. Go for it, bud. Okay. See you later. Okay. And guys, if you guys get a chance to, if you haven't already, go to the codexation.com, your one-stop shop for everything Codex. Find us there. Message us. Let us know what you like, don't like. Maybe buy a little bit of something, something, a little bit of merch. Um, every little bit helps. You know, we make the content for you guys, and we love doing it. For you so let us know what we're doing great at let us know what we could work on see what you know we could even change what you guys want to hear and you know what you don't so go check out the codexstation.com we are on every streaming platform possible too go check out all of them if you can like share subscribe it all helps at the end of the day we built a great community so far and it takes you guys to keep building and we love every single one of you for it but guys as always be kind of one another out there never know what anyone's going through so even making someone smile could change the course of their day or their life so always be kind and i and sunny too we'll see you guys in the next one